Hello, Texans, and welcome to the program that takes you inside NRG Stadium. Following the first day of Texans training camp, Mark Vandermeer and John Harris with you. It's two-a-days time. We are on in the morning, we're on in the evening, and that's the way we roll during training camp. Texans camp got started today at the Houston Methodist Training Center. Great temperatures today. Public practices don't fire up till next week. Two weeks from tonight, we will be talking about the Texans playing the Green Bay Packers at Lambeau Field. I cannot wait for the opener. But, Johnny, good start to camp today. No real serious star injuries. We should say that right now that <laughs> yeah. we know about anyway. Looked pretty good to see everybody out there. I think the big headline today was J.J. Watt practicing. Yep. We saw him come out with the arm brace and also Will Fuller looking good. Yeah, no doubt. We we actually were on the air and I we were talking, I think, to uh, to John McClain. Maybe, or maybe talk, we were talking to Jamie. And I kind of nudged you as I looked over and I was like, look. There's 99 yeah. walking over. And I didn't even catch the arm brace. You're exactly right. That elbow brace is a, is a key giveaway. And we had not gotten any release. Yeah. We had not gotten anything. Well, they so, wait for that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's understandable because as we were getting set up at, you know, whatever time this morning, 7.15, you know, Omar and Nathan and Allie were all out there working on the room next to us. So they were busy doing work. And all of a sudden, they're, you know, as they're starting practice or, you know, starting their – your their stuff inside the bubble, he's walking across. And I thought, oh, that's really cool. Yeah. Okay. All right. One down, one to go. Now we just got to get uh, DeAndre, who's out of practice, watching practice. So hopefully, you know, we get DeAndre back soon enough. And you get the feeling you're going to get him back. Yeah. Yeah. You you get that feeling. But I think it was it was it was interesting hearing from JJ after practice because I went back and I listened to his his whole presser and he just said, yeah, I was a little surprised. And Mark Berman says, when did you find out? And JJ said, when you tweeted it. He's like, oh, that's wow. what that's when he found out. I think he's joking in that. But he said all along he wanted to be ready to go for day one. And the other thing that he said I thought was, was pretty important is, and you, you hear this in the NBA a lot, load management. Now, he didn't use those words, yeah, but that's essentially what it is. It's load management. They're going to be care- careful during training camps. There are going to be some built-in off days. I don't and think- built-in off reps as well. Right. I noticed that today. Right, exactly. And. He doesn't need to be there for every rep. But I thought it was really interesting. One one very interesting part of practice today was watching J.J. Now, they don't have pads on. And from the day that J.J. set foot on the campus University of Wisconsin to the time he came here, the one thing J.J. has a knack for doing is if he can't get to the quarterback, he has a knack for reading eyes and getting his hands up in the passing lanes. And, knock. I mean, J.J. Swat, I mean, knocking yep. passes down, getting his hand on passes He's one of the greatest there's ever been in the NFL at doing that. And today he did that a couple times. He obviously, with no pads, he's not throwing full pass rush moves, all that. So he's like, okay, let me see if I can read eyes. And he did. He did it a couple times. And he he walked over to Deshaun, and, he, and Deshaun talked about this. He's like, yeah, J.J. taught me a lesson. He said, he's looking at my eyes, and if he's looking in that spot and he rears back to throw, go ahead and jump. And he did it. He got him twice that I re- that I saw and for Watson sure. And Watson calls him annoying. <laughs> yeah. And I think everybody thinks it's – everybody on the offense thinks it's annoying when J.J. is, you know, bad and pass. And the offensive linemen hate it. Yeah. You talk to an offensive lineman about defensive linemen with no pads on, jumping on batting passes down, because the first thing an offensive lineman will do in pads yeah. when a defensive lineman – Go or after the off- body. Oh, they're going body. Yeah, and then you protect and you get those hands and you learn a lesson as a pass rusher. So, it is it's annoying, but it was a great lesson because Deshaun's like that taught me a lesson about what I need to do with my eyes and how I need to use my eyes. And although it's pretty, I thought it was pretty interesting 
because Deshaun talks about one getting one percent better every single day, and that's that's a more than one percent thing that JJ really taught him today, which I thought was really interesting. But the other one you mentioned was Will Fuller, and Mark, I can't tell you the number of times I saw him. And it, what I thought was interesting about the way the practice was structured today, there was very little. Put the ball at the 20-yard line, try and drive 80 yards. you got a full field to work with a lot. They it shortened the field. It was very condensed. Yeah. Everything was condensed. Why do you think that is, Johnny? I know exactly why that is. Because think about, think about the Dallas game. Trying what did, to score. What did we do? What did we not do last year? Put it in against, the end zone. You scored 19 points in that game. What about New England game one? We got down inside the 10. Tennessee, yep. same thing. We got inside how, the how 10. How about the Colts? Yeah, the Colts. Johnny, game. I was watching a replay of that, and there they are I, in the second half and unable to get close. They have the ball somewhere around the 30, yeah. and it's just not happening for them. Right, and I, that was one of the things that, uh, and I know Bill O'Brien has talked about this, you know, that that's kind of the last piece that in – Short red zone. You get inside the 15, get inside the 10. Everything's got to happen now. It's got to be boom, boom, boom. I mean, yep. it's got to be quick. It's kind of like working on your short game before going to the driving range. And it's probably what you should do. It is what it's, you should do. It is do. what you should do. The pros say that's what you should do. Work Absolutely. on those chips. Those are That's Absolutely. where the strokes add up. And in the NFL, that's where you score. That's, that's the difference between threes and sevens right there. What I thought was interesting about it for Will is we all know – Everybody in the NFL knows that's watched the Texans at all, and the Texans fans know if you give Will Fuller space, that 4-3 speed shows up. I mean, it's legit 4-3 speed. I mean, he smokes by fast dudes. He's faster than it's fast. It's not just straight line. He's I know. Either. But then when you condense it, you essentially eliminate that option from he's going to run by you. Yep. So you play him a little differently. And I'm telling you, he lost guys. He just lost them. In a 20-yard area. And it wasn't one of those things where, you know, you see some of these videos online of some of these rivals camps, and, and these high school players are like, it's taking them like two minutes to make a move. <laughs> and then they get open, and they catch a ball, they turn to the DB, and they're like, ah, you look what I did, which is not even football. This was Will getting to his spot, boom, and he's open. Yep. And it was on time. It was really The cuts are great. The route really running, to watch. superb. I, really I fun agree. to watch. All right, Watson was asked a bunch of questions today, and he talked about how the team does have high hopes about this year. They're taking it one practice, one rep at a time, really. Not looking into the future, uh, focusing on today. Um, and then whenever tomorrow comes, we focus on that. Uh, taking it one meeting at a time, one workout at a time, and uh, just you know one interaction at a time. And if we can do that each and every day and try to start the days and, and try to make sure that every time we meet, every time you know we walk through, every time we step on the field, it's beneficial and we're you know getting better and some you know improving in those areas. I think that's the biggest thing. So uh, you know, of course, you know we have expectations, but at the same time, we try not to worry about that and focus on you know one step at a time. Watson also discussed his connection with numerous receivers, including but not limited to the tight end group, because the Jordan brothers were out today. And, oh, yeah, they look good on day one. The chemistry started off the field. Uh, being able to hang with those guys off the field, they come by the house, we chill, go out to eat, you know, go bowling, do what we do, and, you know, have a little fun. And, and that chemistry off the field leads them to the field. You know, I can talk to them, you know, a certain way and, and being able to, you know, understand when they can talk to me uh, so they don't feel like I'm the only one that's, you know, speaking. So if I'm doing something wrong or if they want the ball in a certain area on a certain route, they can come to me too. So, uh uh, that chemistry is very is very good between us, and you know we just kind of have that uh, that build that 
you know, it just kind of happened naturally. Johnny, I saw Jordan Thomas catch a ball today in the end zone, and I thought it was one of those typical, and I've talked about it all season long, balls in the air, yep. I see where it's headed, and I'm thinking, well, there's no way that big dude is going to catch. Yeah, he just caught it. Touchdown, thank you. Toe tapper in the corner, and I think that it's just it continues to amaze. He's not quite the size of an offensive lineman, but, but he's if you gave him a few burgers, he could get there maybe. <laughs> he's close. Some more carbs perhaps. Whatever, but his hands are so soft. I, I just I've never seen anything quite like it for a guy that size. I'm not saying he's gonna go all pro tight end. I'm just right. saying that it's interesting to see the physical freak that he is. And look, if they get everybody going around him, he's gonna have a big year. Maybe maybe there won't be enough balls to throw around, but he's gonna make a significant impact like he did last year when he caught four touchdown passes. Yeah, no doubt. You know who also has pillow soft hands? Who? And when he was coming out of the University of Texas in twenty seventeen you would have you would have never thought this because they never threw him the ball. And that's Deontay Foreman. I he made a catch yeah. today where he it was it was down in the far end zone and he was covered at I want to say by a safety. And he was just running a little flat route. And he had the safety by a step and the ball wasn't like thrown out in front of him and it wasn't thrown behind him high, but it was like high, a little bit high, kind of right over his head. And he just reached up and just just pulled it in, and I was like, man, he's got really good hands. That's the one thing about this this group of Lamar and Deontay in the backfield. Uh, Hop, Fuller, QT. These guys, and the Tom Jordan Thomas, Jordan Akins, these guys have really good hands. Yeah. If Deshaun can get it in the vicinity, they're going to make a play on it. Mm-hmm. They're going to make a play on it, and more than, li- more than likely going to bring that thing in. So th- to have guys – that can understand the offense to a point where they know how, what they're reading. Okay, I know what this coverage is. I know what my route should be. I know what my my alert should be on this, what I'm supposed to do. And if Deshaun can have time to throw the ball and put it in a spot, these guys are going to catch it. Yeah. I know it sounds simple, but really, when it comes down to it, that's it. Get yourself open and catch the football. Will Fuller did that today. I saw Deontay Foreman do that. Uh, love watching Lamar in a passing game as well from the running back position. And those two tight ends, my, I mean, my goodness, they're going to be really fun to watch. We haven't even talked to O-line yet, but you know we will. And we're going to be back on the air 8 to 10 a.m. from the field Friday morning. You want to join us. Now, Bill O'Brien, after practice today, talked about being in Houston and the chance to be in front of the Houston fans when they do open the practices next week. The important thing is we'll be able to be here in front of our fans. I think that's the big thing. I think that was something that Bob used to talk to me a lot about and Cal, uh, how important obviously our fans are. So this is, we have, like I've said, for six years now, it's the best fans in the NFL. And uh, to be out here and be able to start practicing in front of them when they get out here is going to be a big, big for our players and great for our fans. More from Bill O'Brien, the CRZ unit, that gigantic refrigerator that people can go inside of. It is really paying dividends on day one. Now, it wasn't that hot out today, but guys noticed. Here's O'Brien on that. We call that the CRZ. So that's the cooling recovery zone. Uh, in the back there, there's a Coors Light dispenser in the back here. No, I'm just kidding. But it's a, uh, it's a, um, it's good. You know, some guys want to go in there. Obviously, it's not quite as hot as it will be, let's say, tomorrow or the next day. But it, it's something that we felt would, would uh, help our team. Of course you knew the question about organizational structure would come up following my conversation with Cal McNair earlier this week. A lot of talk about that. Bill O'Brien weighed in. We have a really uh, strong structure in place here. Chris Olson, um, you know, he, he's been here for a long time. Very valuable member of the organization. Uh, can't go any further without mentioning Cal. Uh, Cal 
Uh, Cal and I talk every day. Cal talks to you know a lot of people in the organization every day. He's he's really done a great job of leading this organization. Matt Bazargan, our director of player personnel. James Lipford, our director of college scouting, and then uh, Rob Kissel, our director of pro personnel. We we have a lot of experience. Very strong structure in place. We meet together. We think about things. We make best decisions uh, in the best interest of the team, and it's it's been uh, really exciting. And there's a buzz in the building, and you know we we all know that. In the NFL, you know, it's all about winning. So we're, we're trying to do the best we can to do whatever we need to do to help the team win, and that's that's what we're all about right now. Johnny, you and I broke down the offensive line earlier today. And by the way, that Bill O'Brien comment on the organizational structure, we've been talking about that for a number of weeks now, how they've got the management team in place to take care of business. But right now the business is about what's going on between the lines. So you and I break down a position group every day. We did offensive line today. We'll do defensive backs tomorrow. Now, the O-line today, give me a quick thumbnail on them. Uh, same as we thought. Guys moving around a lot of different spots, but really, really cool to have Matt Khalil in. Yeah. To have Matt Khalil back to say, okay, all of our guys are in. Now, Nick wasn't there today. OB talked about that and said, look, he'll be, he'll be back. We're just even easing him back in. But it was interesting to see Matt back, and he looked like the Matt Khalil that – you know, I watched back in 2016 or 2017 when he was healthy with the Panthers. Mm-hmm. So it, it's going to be interesting to get that mix but have Khalil back in the mix to know he's back at practice is a good thing. All right, coming up, we've got Jordan Thomas. Johnny will walk with Brennan Scarlett. That's part of the 40. It's a digital video thing, but we'll hear it. Jordan Thomas is with DP. I'm visiting with DJ Reader. we got a lot of things to cover. Jamie Roots. We heard a little bit of him this morning, or a lot of him. We're going to hear a little bit in the final segment. And John McClain as well, his thoughts on the opening of camp. It's all coming up on Texans All Access. You want Texans, we got them. Learn about these guys. We do a Who Are These Guys segment in the morning, and that's when we break down the position groups because there are a lot of names that people might not know as we embark on 2019. This 90-man roster, not everybody's participating, but it's close to 90 and as John pointed out last night, 15 players remain from the last time training camp opened in Houston in 2016. That's unbelievable. I also have another tidbit that's very different. I know it's kind of obvious at one particular position, but very different from 2016 in terms of what you're seeing out there. But let's get right to it here. As we mentioned, Jordan Thomas is such a character, but he's a really good football player. Tight end, entering his second season in the league. D.P. Sidhu visited with him. Jordan Thomas on the Xfinity one-on-one interview. How's it going today, Jordan? Oh, it's good. You know, good day, good weather, you know, good practice. So looking forward to tomorrow getting better. Speaking of good, you caught a couple of touchdowns out there in team drills. That must have felt nice to get back out there with your teammates and actually do some team drills. Yeah, it feels good to be back out on the field. Um, we put in a lot of work this offseason, you know. So getting back in the rhythm, you know, getting together with Deshaun, connecting with him, you know, me and eight. So it feels good. It's year two for you, obviously. You know a little bit about what to expect in camp. Did you do anything differently this offseason? Uh, uh, I've really focused in on my body, you know, stretching. Uh, I, I stayed here most of the, most of the time, so uh, that was about it, though. I didn't do too much. I remember last year in camp in West Virginia, Tim Kelly, who was the tight ends coach then, mm-hmm. he was working with you a lot, getting low. You had to sort of learn the tight end position, different aspects of it. How much more comfortable do you feel this year? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm comfortable with it, you know, um, because I, I focused in on my body this offseason, so being more flexible. So I'm, I'm, I'm pretty good at it now. So 
I got it down pat. You got a couple of new guys in the room, Darren Fells being one of them. I know you've talked about a lot of what he's meant to you, sort of as a, an older veteran, as a mentor. How much? What, was that, what is that relationship like with you and Darren? I was good, you know. He's he's a pretty big guy, you know. So um, we, we, we're, we're growing every day as a unit. So, I mean, everybody's getting to know everybody, you know, still. Uh, me and Ake's been here, so, you know, we got Kahale. We, he bring he comes in, and then Darren comes in. So it's just different, you know. It's just we we all joining together to come to one. And Ake, you and Ake, you guys did a joint press conference before. You guys are like two peas in a pod. Mm-hmm. You started out together, sort of came up your rookie year together. What's that? What's it like being you and Jordan Aiken's year two? You guys sort of talk about where you were this time last year and how yeah. much, how far you've come. Yeah, uh, you know he's a little older than me. He's twenty seven, so he's he's uh, he's up in age, you know. Uh, so he's he's got a lot of wisdom on me. So you know. I kind of stuck by his side when we first got here, you know, and um, it's been peanut butter and jelly since then. All right, how about for yourself? I got to ask you about your training camp fashion. Okay. You're a big guy, so I don't know if um, the shorts just look short on you, but they are pretty short. Uh, can you explain what's happening here? Is this what we're going to see? Is this a preview of what to this see in camp? It. This is it. You know, I got my, you know, Kiki shorts on. And, um, your what shorts? Kiki shorts. What is uh, Kiki, is that his own shorts here? Kiki, Kiki where are these? Oh, so you know, Kiki the, started the, this trend. All the receivers, you know. So, I'm, hey, I'm athletic, you know. So. <laughs> You're a receiver too, right? I'm, I'm very athletic. I can do the same thing y'all do. You got the tights underneath, though. Yeah, so uh, yeah. this is going to be interesting once the heat starts kicking yeah. in, right? No, they, the tights might come off. Oh, okay. The tights might come off, so heat start kicking Kiki in. Kiki shorts will be in full effect, though. Yeah, full effect. <laughs> full right. effect. Thanks so much, Jordan. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. Johnny, if it continues to go well on the field, Jordan Thomas is going to be one of the most liked Texans oh, yeah. maybe ever, really. Yeah, he's he's awesome. I absolutely love it. I mean, he'll see me in the hallway, and he'll just start messing with me about something. Yeah. Something I'm wearing. Something. I mean, he's just I, – I love I love him to death. I think he's going to be a wonderful player and a wonderful personality. And yeah. when he went up and did the, the two Jordans, got interviewed during the offseason, yeah. that was really fun. That was really funny. It was good. They played off each other well. I think those two are going to be very key to this offense in 2019. All right, next up, I had a chance to catch up with DJ Reader after practice today and talked about how things went on day one. Oh, it was good. It's the first day out here. You know, first day we got out here, get to run around a little bit, so it was a good day. All right, now what are you working on individually to get better for this year? I know you're dedicated to your craft. Uh, just be a better teammate, be in better shape. You know, you can always work on those things, uh, get better at pass rush, and work with the guys better to try to win us a championship. What about your D-line mates? How are you guys getting along so far? Good. We got a good group of guys. We got good, good, I got a good group of running mates, you know, a good group of people out there with me, you know. What's, it's a, like what's it like to be around this 90-man roster? I know you were here yeah. the offseason doing it, but when you're in camp and everybody's trying to fight for a job and you're an established veteran here, yeah. I know you're always fighting to get better, but what's that like? Uh, it's good. You get to meet a lot of guys, meet a lot of um, guys, know their journey, come close with them, you know, help them in any way that you can, and Know that you're all fighting for the same common goal. You know, everybody's trying to make this team. Everybody's trying to get better. So it's just, it's fun being around this bunch of guys. You know, everybody's out here. They love ball. Everybody loves to play. So it couldn't actually be in a better environment. What's the general approach to camp for you? Because you have six and a half weeks till you play your first regular season game. So do you pace yourself? Do you take it one day at a time? How do you regard that? Uh, just one day at a time and get better each day. Uh, I think you got to put in work every day, and I think that's the biggest thing for us. And, Everybody around just put in that work every single day. How's the offensive line looking? A lot of changes up front, a lot of mixing and matching, and you guys got to face that every down. They look good. Um, a lot of mix, like you said, a lot of mixing and matching, so they look good, throwing different guys at you. You never know who you're going to get. So it's been good. They, for today's the first day, so we'll see. 
Do you have a favorite part of practice? Do you like the individual stuff? I know you really haven't done much of that yet. When you get the pads on, you'll do those individual drills. But do you have a favorite part of practice? The last horn. <laughs> no, I'm just playing. Um, but um, uh, it's I think truthful. I like, you know, uh, we got this new. Uh, oh, the refrigerator what, unit. Yeah, that's. Uh, I don't know what that's called. That was yeah. kind of cool. That yeah. part was practically cool. We got two minutes. In oh, there. so you went two minutes, and yeah, th- did that minutes. make a difference? Yeah, it actually is. Feels real good in there. So, yeah. but when you come back out, we'll see. Uh, maybe on a hotter day. It's not as hot today, so we'll see. All right, DJ. Thanks a lot for joining us. Thank you, DJ Reader, and he committed verbally anyway to open the Fuddruckers Texans Players Shows this year. Yes. That'll be the opening week of the season, right after Labor Day at 59 and Greenway Fuddruckers. So Reader will be there. He'll have numerous visits, and it's going to be a lot of fun. Next up. Let's get to John Harris himself, and he does this thing called the 40 where he walks 40 yards with a player, interviews him, and it's a cool video, so I thought we'd play the audio for you. Brennan Scarlett walking with Johnny, the 40. Training camp is back, so that means we are going 40 yards for the first time this year with my man, Brennan Scarlett. Scar, it's good to see you back. First of all, I think I asked this last year, refresh me, fastest 40 you ever ran. Uh, I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you the four six. Four six. You don't gotta specify if it was high four six, low four six. It was four six. <laughs> it was four six. We'll take it. Okay. What's the last book you read, and a book you would recommend to people to read? Oh wow! I actually just finished uh, the subtle art of not giving a boob. Right. By Mark Manson. It was pretty good. Very good. It was pretty good. If you had to pick one teammate to sit down with a group of third graders to read books to them, what teammate would it be? Who would it be? Hmm. I think uh, I think Justin Reed will do a good job with that. Stanford guy, Stanford guy. Yeah, Cal Stanford. Over Maybe better mostly. Yeah, I, I, I hear you. I, I, I see where the Stanford love comes yeah. from. Last item you purchased at a thrift shop. Mm, God. You know, I'm gonna tell you the item I almost purchased. Some overalls back in Portland. They had like the yeah. plaid, the plaid uh, <laughs> underneath, the plaid lining. I ended up not getting it because you can't really wear overalls in Houston. Yeah, you so. don't. You don't want to yeah. do that. But that's straight ninety. Fold it down like Fresh Prince. You know, snap back on. <laughs> okay, we know that you're a fashionista. If your whole closet's wiped out, you got your essentials taken care of. Yeah. What's the first item of clothing that you would buy for yourself? Uh, you got to get some pants. You got to get a solid pair of pants. You know, honestly, I would get some, like, some, some, some tailored, some altered uh, slacks, you know, with the crease down the middle. Because yeah. then it's so flexible. You could, you could dress it down. You could dress it up. Who is the most fashionable member of the Houston Texans not named Brennan Scarlett? DeAndre Hopkins. Without and, a doubt. Uh, there and, it is. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Scarlett the best. 40 My yards. Appreciate you Scarlett. There it is. Yes, sir. Johnny, let me do my Bryant Gumble at the end of a real sports story thing. And now you're in studio. So, John, Brennan Scarlett, how does he fit in? He fits in pretty well. Um, you know, Suds was asking me before we got Scar over there. He said, hey, if they're in their base, look, is, it would, would he be a starter opposite Whitney? And I said, in their base, look, yeah. I mean, if, if J.D. is not back and t- until J.D. gets back, I think Brennan's done a lot of really good things. If you remember last year against the Washington Redskins, and even before that, what was the game before that? The Thursday night game at Miami? Was that the one? Against uh, Miami? I think it was against Miami. Yeah. He had to go in there at inside linebacker. And then and at Washington, he jumped in there at inside linebacker, had a pick, played pretty well. Oh, yeah. Um, he did some he did some different things because Zach was out of those games. Zach had gotten hurt early in the Miami game. We were trying to find the right mix. And 
So Peter Kalmaie went inside, and then uh, Scar went inside too. I, I think Scar's, I think Brandon's fit and will fit better on the outside. But look on the inside, if he just the more you can do, you know with Brandon Scarlett, he'll give you great stuff on special teams. You know he's smart, he's tough. He's been around here. He's been doing it. He was one of those 15 guys we I talked about. I was just going to say because I remember the first preseason he kind of, yeah. I'm not going to use the word erupted, but he flashed for sure yeah. at San Francisco, mm-hmm. looked good in that game. So this is great to see him continue to develop. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I didn't mind not talking too much football because we usually talk a lot of football. But we talked about, uh, you know, some of his, his fashion, which you guys heard, and he's, he's awesome. Whenever I see him get on a team plane, I'm like – you pull that off, man. I don't know how you. I don't know how you do it. But he's he's another guy that you can sit down and talk to about a lot of different things. Like we were done with that interview, we started talking about Portland. I want to read that book he talked about. Yeah, the subtle art of not giving a bleep. Yeah, I want to read that. That's a really popular one. Yeah, that's gonna. Um, I wasn't expecting. I didn't. I was kind of trying to figure out if I knew the book, and all of a sudden he said the subtle art of, and he kind of made a motion with his hands, like, oh, okay. All right. Yeah. I guess that's you the got word. the message. Yeah, I got the message. That's not a word you sh- you're supposed to be able to say on video. But he's a he's a key component because look, on any defense, offense, whatever it is, any unit, you're gonna have you know championship teams. They're gonna have their stars, but then you've got to have guys that understand what their roles have to be. If this is what my role has to be this week, great. This is my role next week, fine. Whatever you need me to do, that's my role. I'll do it, and they take a lot of pride in it. And that's the way he is. And you need them. Absolutely. You need these people, and, need and they're them. very big on that. All right, coming up, John McClain's thoughts on the opening of camp here in Houston, and President Jamie Roots of the Houston Texans as well weighs in on that and some other things going on around NRG Park. It's Texans Radio. Mark Vandermeer, John Harris with you at the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio. We'll get to John McClain reloaded in just a moment, and we'll hear some of the things that Jamie Roots, the president of the Texans, had to say in just a few moments. He talked about football organization with the Texans and training camp, the evolution through the years. He's one of the originals, one of the guys who's been around here since '02. I'm lucky enough to be one of them. Anyway, Johnny, let's get to this now. Other stuff you've noticed from around the NFL today. Camps are opening everywhere. This is cool. You open two weeks from tonight, so you can open camp two weeks before your first preseason game. That's why we're seeing more teams than ever right. play on that opening Thursday, the first possible time. Now, the Texans two years ago played on a Wednesday because Carolina couldn't play the game any other day because of the PGA Championship taking place there. And yep. by the way, there's no PGA Championship this year in August. Right. They, they, moved, to, it. they yeah. moved it back to uh, between the Masters and... And the U.S. Open to generate more interest, even though it was like a tree falling in the woods because Kepka <laughs> ran away with it. Don't get me started on that. Oh, by the way, Patrick Harrington had a good tweet, or Padrig, I'm not sure of the correct pronunciation, but a good tweet during the British Open, the Open Championship, as they call yes. it. He said, it's different when you're watching on television. He doesn't have that accent. Never mind. I won't right. even attempt it. It's different when you're watching on TV. It looks so nerve-wracking and he says he was feeling the stress watching it on television. Really? But he said when you're playing it, it's not the same. You don't feel that same kind of stress. You just go with the flow. You're going shot to shot, yeah. and you're just playing golf. Now, just playing golf to a guy like Padraig Harrington is a little bit different than you and I, right. but I thought that was interesting because the relationship to football here with this particular tweet is when guys go to the ebb and flow of a game, you're on your couch in your living room like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. And they feel those emotions but they're the ones who can do something about it. So they stay in it, locked in, and focus on the next thing, which I think is pretty cool. 
when players are asked, well, are you get nervous? And like, no, I just got my responsibility. I got the call. What's the, the play call? Look at the defense. Look at the offense, depending on what side of the ball you are. And then make that play. And I think it's that way, too. It's funny. When, when uh, many, many years ago when I, was, when I was coaching, I remember my wife after games would just be wrung out. Just like, baby, you okay? And she's like, it's so nerve-wracking. She's like, weren't you nervous? Yeah. I'm like, no. I mean, I, I'm coaching the next play. It's I like think you... on to the next thing. It's so difficult. And that, I find it like during games. Yeah. Like now, down on the sidelines. I mean, w- I mean we're kind of that same. I, I think we probably get more nervous because we don't have any control over it. Obviously, you know, you're calling the action with Dre and me, and, and it, you're going from play to play. But still, we're feeling those nerves. They're not on the field. Mm-hmm. They're just, what's the next play? Yep. Let's go to the next play. Let's make the next play. What's the next play call? What should it be? Let's make it. Let's go. There really is no nerves. It, I would, I would from that standpoint, I would much rather be coaching or on the field making a play as opposed to sitting there watching it. You can be a nervous wreck sitting there watching it. Oh, absolutely. I, think, I can understand him completely what he's saying. And there might be nerves with certain elements of the game, but there's stress and nerves, and sometimes they're different things. Anyway, a guy who never gets nervous is John McClain, the general from the Houston Chronicle. And we were talking with him this morning on Texans Training Camp Live. He's going to join us every morning from 8.30 from now on. And he was asked about training camp and how tough it is and the evolution of what they can do and what they can't do he actually opens this asking us a question is it the first two days they can't put on pads correct because they have to get adjusted He's hearkening back to the days of the Junction Boys I was not at the Junction Boys (laughs) well it was just what five years ago maybe 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 not that many the last collective bargaining agreement yeah it was two-day practices I mean, yeah, we were covering two-day you know, practices. Dom Capers, they didn't go morning and afternoon. They would go morning and night, right? And the night, it, they, they were not the equal intensity. Even in that era, it was already changing yeah. from, you know, even the 90s. Bill Parcells coaching the Jets and going two-a-days in full pads. Well, because guys used to not stay in shape through the offseason, right. they didn't exactly. have a great facility like this with all that the players have, including three meals, healthy meals a day, Mm -hmm. if they want them. So they started in June, and coaches thought you had to play them into shape. So the first day, they're doing double days and hitting full contact from the moment they stepped on the field because they thought that's what it took to get them in shape. And I'm surprised, you know, that there were not more heat-related heat-related injuries or, or incidents. Incidents, yes, mm-hmm. because it was so hot, and they didn't do water and Gatorade all the time like they do now. A lot of times it's like, hey, you don't need water. You're not. If you need water, you're not tough. No, now Bill O'Brien orders them. Yes. Get a drink! Yeah, every coach on the face of this earth orders their kids to drink water. I, I've got to get audio of him saying, get a drink! Yeah. Like, it's you a got, command. Oh, it, it, it has to be. Yeah. I mean, it has to be, and you have to follow. I mean, Tom Herman put up a uh, schedule of uh, what's staying hydrated. That yeah. if he gave up like a color uh, a color coded chart of your of your urine, that if it was a certain color, you were doing the team really? harm, and if it was a certain color, then you were a good teammate. Really? Because you the weren't color staying hydrated. That affects the team. Because you weren't what a staying tied all together. You it's weren't staying hydrated. There were not deaths. That really? Deaths. Yeah. Because they didn't give them water. Think about Junction oh, yeah. Boys. Yeah. They could not drink water. And they're, they're they made them. it. And what they all made it. made it. And the bear was great, right? Ugh. All right, so, John, you brought up a few things. Uh, lack of stars participating, at least in the early going of camp. I think one note about that, 
none of these things expected to be bad enough to keep people out of the opener, no, right? No. Which is which is significant here. Even the Clowney's situation, we don't know when he's going to come back, but he's going to come back before the first game. Oh, so there you go. So game it'd be, checks. It'd be great to see him. It'd be great if he showed up early. If I were a guy playing for a new contract, yep. I would, instead of withholding my services and knowing I'm going to have to get in football shape, yeah. banging on people. Romeo Cornell talked about that. I wrote a column about it where Romeo said, we know he'll be in great shape. We know he'll know the defense inside and out. But we have to determine how long it will take him to be in football shape. And sometimes you can't just turn it off like a water faucet. So I think if it was me, I wouldn't wait till the last minute. Right. I might show up a week or two early to make sure I did get in football shape to have my best season to force people to pay me more money. John, I think the best thing about this is that you have number four coming back. He's been participating in OTAs, full go, all off season, And despite who's not here, you have him. And that's how you're going to build the culture going forward. Well, around he's the main guy you got to have. And I, I wrote, I think, two weeks ago about it. I thought he had a great season last year when you looked at all the limitations around him, the offensive line, Fuller and QT missing 19 games, Lamar Miller missing two and a half, Deontay Foreman not doing anything, two rookie tight ends, collapsed long, broken rib, and yet he still accounted for 31 touchdowns, and he was the first one in history to have, what, 4,000-yard rushing, 25 touch. I'm sorry, 4,000 passing, 25 touchdowns, 500 rushing, and five rushing touchdowns, first quarterback in history. Imagine how great he and this offense could be if, say, QT and Fuller only missed five games, and we think the offensive line is going to be better. The tight ends are in their second year, and Miller last year of his contract, and Foreman coming back with a vengeance. He can be – I tell everybody on these fantasy shows I do, yeah. take Deshaun Watson. There he is, the General John McClain from the Houston Chronicle. Now, we also had a chance to visit with Jamie Roots, president of the Houston Texans, as I mentioned earlier He's been with the Texans since the beginning of time, and time started in 02. Actually, the franchise was awarded October 6, 1999, but we won't get into that right now. Play started in 02, so training camp has changed a lot. But big topic of conversation this week has been the football organizational stuff, so I opened with a question about that. Now, a lot of people aren't familiar with the way an NFL team works, and we're not going to get into all the schematics here, but... There's business operations. There's football operations. A lot of talk about organizational structure. What can you share with us about the way the Texans are set up? I know Cal McNair had some things to say on Texans Radio earlier this week. Yeah, I'm, we're excited. I, I tell you what, there, there's such a, a tremendous amount of chemistry in our building, and it really it all starts with Cal. I mean, he's been uh, it's been such a smooth transition. Uh, uh, Bob McNair, uh, who was a hero is a hero of mine and a, a tremendous mentor, did such a great job setting things up so that the transition would be smooth. And so uh, Cal has really demanded that everybody work as a team. It's That's the operative word. It's about team. It's team first, uh, collaboration across the building. And I, I think we're going to have a uh, – I think we're going to have a, a really special year because of it. When you think about your first training camp, because Mark and I were talking about earlier, this is my 13th, this is Mark's 18th. When you think back to training camp one – well, this thing is really being built, and you think about, and you then think to today. What's the one thing that you think back to that first training camp and go, man, we changed that, and we've made that better for the long run that is exhibited in our training camps today? 
Well, I, I could highlight a lot of things, but uh, I heard in your earlier segment you talked about the shade for the fans, uh, <laughs> if that's what you're talking about in terms of the experience. Because yeah. let me tell you, to sit out on those bleachers in the, in the, in yeah. the sunshine is really tough. So I, I'm glad we were able to uh, figure that out. So that makes for a much better experience. But uh, the training camp operation, I mean, it's been pretty consistent because it works. But every year... We're looking at how do we make it better? How do we make the experience better? And when you guys are watching here on the field and then you see the fans, but back behind there, there's a big old party going on, yeah, right? Folks right. are having a blast. I mean, there it, it's you know it, it is a practice, right? But uh, but it's a free opportunity for the fans to come in and get close to the team. It's just a chance to feel football again before we start playing games. All right, so coming up at NRG Stadium, we have a lot of events right. and opening weekend in the regular season. For the Texans, it's the Jacksonville Jaguars after opening on the road against the Saints on Monday night. But that weekend is maybe the biggest weekend in the history of Houston football <laughs> all right. the way through when you have back-to-back-to-back games at NRG Stadium. Well, and how cool is it that you've got back-to-back-to-back the, the two college teams, at, that uh, the premier college teams here in the Houston area, yep. and then uh, the Houston Texans. So you open on Friday night with the Avocare Texas kickoff. You've got uh, University of Houston and Washington State. Uh, all the tremendous buzz around uh, Dana and uh, Dana Holgerson and w- what he's going to do for the for the Houston Cougars and the great season that Washington State had last year and the Leach rivalry. Oh, I mean, it's yeah. just so many great storylines around that Friday game. And then Saturday, uh, you know, U- uh, University of Texas. You guys were talking earlier about about Tom Herman and you know players players are penalized by the by the coaching staff if they don't have their water bottle with them. You were talking about yeah. hydration. Yeah. yeah. And that's how They're serious they take chart. it. Yeah. yeah. And the urine I mean, chart, I don't think right? we should have that in business ops, but, you know, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just saying, Jamie, I you mean, it is fine. something to learn from Tom Herman. I, 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 coffee is more important to us than water. Yeah, that's, so That's very true. Uh, then, then you got Saturday night, you got Rice and, and, uh, and UT, old Southwestern Conference rivalry. And then we open up, we have our Liberty Whiteout game with the Jacksonville Jaguars. I mean, it's a, it's a really important game for us. That game is, uh, from a theme perspective, we're celebrating all of our first responders. And, and you talk about things you're proud of and things that I'm really proud that this organization, whether we're recognized for it or not, have been a change agent in the National Football League. This idea of themes around your gra- games creating tremendous meaning to the game beyond just uh, the uh, athletic competition, that's something the league uh, – wasn't even thinking about it back in 2002. We started it. They've taken most of our themes and they've replicated them across uh, across the country. Whether that's uh, Pink Ribbon Day or it's uh, it's the uh, salute to service game with the military. So uh, that weekend is going to be a great start. Jamie Roots, president of the Texans, joining us. Texans training camp live. We're on the field here. Players making their way into the practice bubble to get ready for today's opening practice. Now, Jamie, in a few weeks, we're going to invite people in, media people, to talk about what's new at the stadium. Right. And I know over the years there have been so many innovations and additions, and the game presentation crew just won another award four out of seven years, right, for best presentation in the National Football League? Yeah, that's right. The uh, IDEA Conference, they recognize annually the best game presentation in the National Football League, and we've won it a number of years, and we won it again this past year. I mean, that's the uh, all the rituals and the traditions and the video board production, all the things that we do to make uh, game day so uh, entertaining, but more importantly, so engaging. You know, you think about social media, and it, that media thing is a misnomer because it's, it's not about broadcasting information. It's people broadcasting themselves. Yeah. Everyone wants to participate, and that's what I'm so 
proud of our team that they focus on these opportunities to bring the fans into the game, to create an experience like that's like no other, and for sure not even close to what you will experience on your couch. And that's why you have 32,000 people on a wait list, because they know how special, from tailgating to the in-game experience, how special that is here in Houston. You know, one thing about Jamie, John, and you know, you sit in all these meetings too, mm-hmm. these business operations meetings, we talked about there's a difference between business operations and football operations and all the things that Jamie oversees and the fact that the Texans were able to get that best game presentation in the NFL four out of the last seven years. And this is not to be taken lightly. People wonder, well, why have you been able to sell out every game when the Oilers couldn't? Right. And is it just because Houston loves football? Well, Houston loves football, but guys like Jamie Roots make sure that when you come to the game, you're going to have as good as an experience as humanly possible, despite what might or might not happen on the field. He wants to control everything he possibly can to make that a great day and create those great memories. And he knows that, hey, you're not going to win every game, so let's make it as fun as possible no matter what. Yeah, I think the word that, that he used and, and that we use a lot is the experience. Mm-hmm. The experience needs to be at an A++ level, no matter what. That's something that we can control on, on our side of the building. Like We're not going to be able to control whether, whether the squad wins the game, what football ops is doing. Like, we can't control that. But what we can control, we're going to put out an A++ product. You know, If you're a sweet holder, the people that we have in charge, uh, you know, if you're in our Lux group, it, you know, our Lux team is so good about presenting value and giving value to the people that are in Lux. Uh, if you're if you're da- you know you're up in the the upper sections. I mean the people that we have that take care of the fans. You know the the video board. I mean what Gavin and Kenny and, and Tom do with the video board is just unbelievable. And I I know if you go to games in Houston, if you've seen it for years, you probably take it for granted. Go to another building, and you realize <laughs> it didn't like that. Yep. it's not like that. You don't get quite the same experience. A lot of other people, buildings. A lot of people say that, by the way. And my wife was talking about that. She said, I can see why they won that award because she's been to games as a fan, like yeah. taking my son to Denver. And right. She's been to Nashville with the girls and things like that. And she said, it's just not even close no. what you see in these other buildings. I remember going to the Jets last year. Theirs was kind of cool, but very different. And yeah. they don't win any awards. Uh, and they got a lot of resources there. This just in. It's New York, biggest market <laughs> yeah. in the country. <laughs> Uh, and not yeah. to take anything away from them or, or, or to criticize them, but I'm just praising what we have here, and it's yep. so awesome. All right, that's going to do it for the show tonight. Tomorrow, we'll be out on the field. Houston Methodist Training Center at 8 a.m. Sports Radio 610, broadcasting 6 to 8. We're on 8 to 10, then in the loop, 10 o'clock on, and they took their show inside for the second half of practice. And you know what? The weather was great today. Let's hope for that some more tomorrow. We're all rooting for that kind of thing. Weird, but good. Anyway, have a great night, everyone. Go Texans!